Hi, this is your host, Bernie J of Bernie's Colorado Journeys, your bridge to adventure. Today's show continues the theme of finding local authors willing to share their great love of the Colorado Springs region and for all of the great state of Colorado. Susan Joy Paul has hiked, climbed, snowshoed, repelled, or otherwise traveled across the state of Colorado, reaching the summits of more than 600 mountains along the way. She has climbed all of the 14ers in the state, reached the high points of every Colorado county, and is the only woman to have summited every ranked peak in El Paso County and Teller County. In her first book, Touring Colorado Hot Springs, second edition, Susan started with the first edition authored by Carl Wambach to refresh his well-received 1998 travel guide. In her second book, Hiking Waterfalls in Colorado, she hit the trail visiting 150 of the state's waterfalls. Her third book is titled Climbing Colorado's Mountains. All of these adventures started from her home in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Now let's go to the interview. Now, the one thing that I, I, that I notice here, so was this book first written by Carl? It was. It was written by Carl Wambach. Okay. And um, I was contracted by Falcon Guides to do a second edition. Uh, upon reading it, I realized much of the information was out of date uh, because I actually traveled to all those hot springs, 32 of them, <laughs> soaked in all of them. Um, a lot of the information had just changed over the years. That book was a decade old. Um, also, uh, guides have changed over the years. People uh, are don't buy guidebooks anymore to hear, you know, the inner thoughts of the writer. They want information. They want data. They want facts. If mm-hmm. they want kind of a story, they tend to go online and read blogs or they'll buy a storybook. So when they buy a guidebook, they really want all the facts. And so I had to retune it. About 90, 95% of that book is all brand new. Okay. Because what I see, as an example, it looks like um, hot spring number one. Mm-hmm. So it was the hot sulfur springs. Mm-hmm. So you, it looks like you start each one with uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, like 13 uh, bullets. Mm-hmm. Like, give me the general description. Mm-hmm. Give me the location. Give me the development. And so, like you, so you've done that uh, mm-hmm. uh, on all of these. Mm-hmm. So, was this not in uh, in Carl's book then? It wasn't. That's all the information that I think that people need in order to make the decision as to whether that's a hot spring that they might want to visit or not. For example, uh, they're going to want to know where it's located because they want to know how far do I want to drive? Do I want to drive thirty miles? Do I want to drive two hundred miles? Mm-hmm. Um, another important point is there in there is. Is it clothing required or clothing optional? That's real important, especially for families. They don't want to take their kids necessarily to a hot spring where everyone's running around naked, so that's important. There's things like uh, what kind of accommodations do they have? Some folks want to pitch a tent at the hot spring. Some want to stay at a nice $800 night hotel. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of information people need to know up front before they read any further. So I try to make it easy for them. I am a traveler myself. Uh, I do a lot of hiking, backpacking, climbing soaking. And so I put in the book, as I did in all my books, the information that I want to know right away about a place before I decide if I'm going to go there or not. Well, if you're ever going to redo this book, Mm -hmm. uh, because of my particular paradigm, Mm -hmm. is there would be 
Is there room for me to drive my 38-foot motorhome and turn it around? Okay. <laughs> I'll, th- I'll think about that for the next one. Because I will be doing another edition, obviously. It'll be a couple of years, but I will be doing another edition. And that's something I might want to add is for the, you know, for the RV driver, for sure. You know, that um, I see that you, in fact, have done the, um, the Strawberry Park. Mm-hmm. Up at up at Steamboat. Yeah. Now I've been to that one a number of times myself, mm-hmm. because if if I was going to to go somewhere and somebody said, "Oh, there are hot springs in Colorado. What are they like?" Mm-hmm. I would describe Strawberry Park because mm-hmm. that's because that would be the quintessential mm-hmm. that everything else would be um, gauged against. Mm-hmm. And the but the thing about that is. If you got up into the par- that parking lot midday or later, that 38-foot motorhome now is is totally landlocked. Mm-hmm. You, you can't do anything with right. it. For the people who, in fact, are traveling around, mm-hmm. and because I because I would also say, well, folks, the um, um, the road the paved road ends about halfway up. Mm-hmm. But keep going because mm-hmm. it's good paved road. It's it's good dirt road. It is good dirt road, yeah. But when you get there, you may not have enough room to uh, to maneuver. Right. So that that would be just one of the things that yeah. to make it a perfect book. You know, you know, <laughs> you know where does you know where 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 does the RVer sit here? Mm-hmm. So, but let's see. Because what I like to try to do is to talk about uh, stuff that's kind of as close around here mm-hmm. as possible. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, so you've been to, to Salida. I have been to Salida. And I saw that in your book that you have a picture of the of their main swimming pool yes. in the building. Mm-hmm. But you didn't have any picture of the three um, really hot bath areas. Y- you know, they hadn't built, been built when I was there, when I was researching the book. I spoke to uh, the management there, and they told me all about how they had plans to put in those hot pots. They hadn't even been built yet. They just had the one big pool. And um, there's a... Okay. Yeah. And there was a zero uh, entry for the little kids to come in. Yeah, right. The fountains coming up. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, so I spent some time there. There were people doing laps and things like that. Uh, One thing I really liked about that pool is that they have a lift for people that who are... If you're in a wheelchair... You can go there and That's there's a right. lift, which is really cool. So That's they can right. lift you up and put you right into the hot spring pool. But the the private pools you're talking about hadn't been built yet. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Because we've been the couple times we've been out there, they've they've been they are there. They're open now, yeah. And um, yeah. just those are really because you can really get those hot because mm-hmm. you can let that run at the at the full temperature of the inlet water. Right. Because the one thing that's interesting is that this is say um, a gymnasium looking building mm-hmm. on the main drag mm-hmm. and well where the heck's the water come from and i think they had mentioned it comes from poncha springs actually in qu- quite a long ways away it does yeah they pipe it in and they just pipe pipe the hot water in yeah that was built a long time ago those pipes were built in a long a long time ago and that's one of the interesting things about my book is the history and carl wambach actually is responsible for most of the history in my book Okay. So that was, uh, I really lucked out with um, taking on this project because the his, a lot of the history is hard to track down. And he had oh, done that in the so. original version of the book, and I kept all that intact. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did do is I met with the owners of many of the hot springs and the managers of many of the hot springs, and um, I went through the history with them to see if there were some things they could update or add to it. 
Um, and then I did a little research on my own, of course, going to the library and going online mm-hmm. um, because some some of the history was a little bit more sparse um, than in other chapters at other hot springs. But for the most part, Carl did a really good job uh, tracking down history of the hot springs that I don't know where he got it from. But So an- another uh, hot springs uh, in this um, general area would be the um, uh, the Princeton Mountain, is it? The Princeton, uh, Mount Princeton Hot Springs. Mount, Mount, yeah, Mount Princeton. Yeah. And um, we, I've never soaked there, but we have drawn, driven onto the property. Mm-hmm. And in that particular one, in fact, their little map did say RV parking here. Mm-hmm. So in fact, so if somebody's just dropped passing through, mm-hmm. now I don't know if you can actually camp in your RV, mm-hmm. but it did say we have a parking lot big enough for you to be able to put your RV someplace. And I yeah. find that quite uh, quite interesting. Mount Princeton is one of the bigger ones. It's very well developed. It's it's super nice. They have, I mean, they have a restaurant, a bar. They have cabins. The cabins are gorgeous. Uh, they have a, a hotel there. It's, it's one of the more developed ones. And there are a few others like that around. Uh, like, you know, there's a really nice one, the one up in uh, Glenwood Springs. There's one in Steamboat Springs that's well-developed. And Pagosa Springs has another one that's well-developed. Um, so one thing you'll find traveling to the hot springs around Colorado is they range from huge resorts, like I was saying, that you could pay $800 a night to stay at, <laughs> to little, you know, hot pots in the side of the mountain where you just kind of go for a little hike and you find a little hot place to, to jump in and enjoy yourself and in in everything in between, really. Well, I did a little bit of uh, uh, surf, surfing on the internet mm-hmm. and one particular uh, um, website that I came across, they actually listed them from the highest temperatures down to, down to the lowest. Mm-hmm. Now myself, I think I would cut myself off at the 102 degrees uh, for steamboat. Yeah. Because I want to soak in a hot in a hot springs. Because mm-hmm. some of these others are really quite, hmm, 86, 79, 73. Those are warm springs. They're not hot springs, really. Once right. it's below body temperature, 98.6, that's actually considered a warm spring. Mm-hmm. I do have all the um, temperatures listed in my book for all the different um, hot springs. Either I got them from the owners or the managers, or I actually brought a thermometer for the outdoor ones and tested them. That's myself. the best way to do it. Yeah, because I wanted to be sure about that. And that, that is important for a lot of people. Um, you don't want to bring your kids in a, a hot spring that's 102 degrees for sure. You know, it's just not safe. And then some older folks, too, have sensitive skin. They don't want to go in really hot water. Right. Um, but people who really enjoy hot springs generally do want to go in a hotter pot. Now, is I took a look at a government map about hot springs, and it looks like this is the part of America where hot springs start to have been formed because of the foothills and the the Rocky Mountains. Right. But then it looks like there's a lot up in Idaho, and Mm -hmm. so as you as you go west, Mm -hmm. there's like there's hot springs. Mm-hmm. Almost everywhere there are. So, but if some, but if some flatlander is coming out of Kansas mm-hmm. and wants to get to their closest hot springs, I guess this is where they would, in fact, stop mm-hmm. and say, "Okay, now we can play around here." Yeah, there are a lot of hot springs, and it's due to a lot of the, um, you know, underground volcanic activity, the magma and lava under mm-hmm. the ground. That's what initially is going to heat up the water that gets down there, and you know, force it back up as a hot spring. Now. To talk about a little bit about a local history, and I might, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably fumble and bumble here a little bit. But now for Manitou Springs, mm-hmm. 
they in fact really did have springs. Right. But they, but, and way back in the 1800s, mm-hmm. there was like a bathhouse. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how they warmed that water for the bathhouse because I don't think any of the springs today have any, have any temperature to them. Or, they, or they the, just, they just opened a hot spring over there, I believe, last year. This year or last year? Yes, there's it's, a. Yeah, there's it's a brand, not in my book because it's brand new. Yeah, yeah, it's a brand a brand new business. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if they're, if they're actually uh, taking uh, credit for some geothermal heat. Yeah, I, I would think so because I've never heard of a hot spring that heats up the water. Actually, many of the hot springs add cold water to them because they are so hot coming out of the earth. Right, they, they'd scald you, and so many of them will add cold water. They'll have a cold tap that they add to the to the heated water coming out of the earth to make it. So you don't get burned. And especially for the kiddie pools, they'll add a lot more water. Right. Mm-hmm. So for Manitou Springs, mm-hmm. there in fact were springs, but people were drawn here supposedly for the healing properties of the mm-hmm. mineral content of the water. Right. Not so much that it was going to be a nice warm place to mm-hmm. to hang out. Mm-hmm. And then the story that I still haven't gotten to the bottom, Colorado Springs, right. that there might actually be a spring in Colorado Springs, but nothing that, you know, but I suppose if you're coming from Kansas in the, in the 1890s and mm-hmm. they said, how'd you like to live in Colorado Springs? <laughs> oh, my mind is, is racing ahead of me. I, I can see this idyllic place. Mm-hmm. But when they got here, there were no hot springs. Yeah. Or not, not, in, not any kind of springs at all. You know, there are hot springs. Uh, a lot of the hot springs um, are on private property. Uh, or they, uh, some of them are, are dangerous because they have heavy metals in them. They're during, you know, close to mining activity. And okay. those are the ones that I don't put in my book because I don't want to encourage people to trespass. Yep. Um, in fact, uh, someone actually reached out to me this week who lives in Colorado Springs and has an artesian well that's tapped into a hot spring on some property. I'm actually going to go talk to her this week. So I think there are a lot of hot springs out there that we just don't know about yet. I hope you'll uh, CC me when if, <laughs> if, if she says, uh, why don't you come on over and try the place? I'll let you know about it for sure. Yeah. Because uh, because every time that we want to do something, mm-hmm. um, Salida is probably the closest to us. You can go. Well, there's a hot spring in Penrose. There's a hot spring in Florence. Both of those are clothing optional. Uh, but both of those also have one day a week it, uh, clothing is required. So if that's a requirement for you, then you could always go on the days when clothing is required. Okay. Well, that's... And those are close by. They're not that far. Well, that's that's good to hear. This is such a tourist area... It is. ...that I didn't fully appreciate you know, before I moved here. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people that... This is Bernie J, and you're listening to Bernie's Journeys, produced in Colorado Springs, Colorado, in view of America's Mountain the 14,115-foot Pikes Peak. And I invite you to contact me at berniestv at gmail.com. That's B-E-R-N-I-E-S-T-V. And please share comments and or suggestions on this show or ideas for future travel adventures that I can explore for you. Now, let's get back to the show. You know, I want to be able to hang out around here. Mm-hmm. That uh, I tell people that if, um, 
you know, if you'll come here for vacation, I can keep you busy for at least a week, if not two, and oh, you'll yeah. and you'll and you'll drive a total of about fifty miles. Exactly. Because I'll start you at the Glen Erie Castle. Mm-hmm. I'll get you to the Garden of the Gods. Mm-hmm. We'll do the Rock Ledge Ranch. Mm-hmm. We'll do uh, um, a Red Rock Canyon open space, mm-hmm. and we just keep going because er- everything is just right here. Mm-hmm. You don't so, have to go far. Yeah. So, um, anything Pike, else? Pikes Peak. Now, oh, <laughs> gee, how could I forget <laughs> Pikes Peak? Um, as a matter of fact, um, um, next week I'll be um, uh, interviewing uh, the president of the uh, Adamant Club. Oh, that's great. Because yeah. um, when I came here uh, last fall and there was this items in the paper about, well, be sure to watch Pikes Peak uh, on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the Adamant walk up and blow off fireworks. Right. And I, and I thought, now there's a bunch of folks that are pretty hardy. Yeah. I've been up there in the winter. It's a tough climb. I've been up Pikes Peak eight times um, from four different routes. In fact, I think the toughest route I did was uh, a few years ago, we did, we did the, me and seven other people, did the bicentennial reenactment climb of Zebulon Pike uh, to climb Pikes Peak. And uh, according to historians, they believe he turned around on Mount Rosa Right. We did camp there one night on top of the mountain. Yeah. And then we kept going, and it took us three days okay. to get to the top of Pikes Peak. And um, it was nine degrees up there. We went exactly 200 years from the day that he went up there. So it was the end of November. It was very cold out. Nine degrees and snowing when we got to the summit. So that was probably the toughest climb I've ever had up there. The other ones were a lot easier, just going up Bar Trail or going up the backside. And at least you were prepared for it, where, where the reports I've read mm-hmm. is that, first off, in his wildest imagination, he didn't think he was going to s- stumble across such a big mountain. Right. And it was so late in the year, mm-hmm. so he wasn't ready for his yeah. for, for a winter activity. Right. But as long as you know, he tried it, didn't get very far, mm-hmm. came back. Yeah. But now, let's see, go, going back to the, um, uh, to the hot springs. Mm-hmm. So let's see. What else could we share with uh, with folks that would be just kind of coming into the area, you know, probably hadn't been experiencing hot springs? Or... Well, uh, I think one interesting thing is, I mean, if you look at the cover of the book, this is a long hike that I went out to Rainbow Hot Springs, that I took out to Rainbow Hot Springs. All right, good, because, it's, it's, so, because some of these mm-hmm. you don't drive up. Right. Some of them are long hikes, and that's great for people who like to backpack, people who, you know, don't mind a long hike. I mean, there's an 18-mile hike in there out to, you know, round trip to Conundrum Hot Springs. But honestly, most of these hot springs you can drive up to. Okay. And so they're really, just about anyone can get to them. Um, You know, some of them are wheelchair accessible. Like a couple of them have the lifts from Mm -hmm. the pool and from the, uh, from your chair into the pool. Yeah. Um, Almost all of them are drive ups. I mean, out of, I think, 32 in the book, only three of them are actually hikes. Okay. So, um, yeah. So the other ones you can drive up to. So just about anybody can get to them. So as hot springs were first discovered, mm-hmm. it seemed like there was a, a very prominent thought about the, the therapeutic. There was. The, any, the folks that, that you have interviewed, mm-hmm. is, is that still a selling point? It, it is, um, but, n- you know, not to the same degree. Uh, but Hot Springs did enjoy a lot of popularity um, as therapy many years ago um, due to uh, th- there's lithium in the hot springs. There's some other uh, 
lots of minerals in the hot springs and chemicals that people really uh, got a lot of therapeutic benefit from. Um, however, you know, since modern medicine came along, uh, people started going to doctors instead. And, you know, um, the, it, uh, a lot of the hot springs in Colorado actually fell into disrepair, became very unpopular. Um, a lot of them closed down. I'd say in the past uh, few decades, they've regained a lot of popularity. And people still go to them for the benefits. And you'll still, I talk to people when I was touring the hot springs who swear by them for their eczema or for other skin problems they have, for their health. They really enjoy them. Um, but what you'll see at a lot of these hot springs now is they've added a lot of other um, amenities around health, health benefits. Like they'll have, they have massages, they have all kinds of treatments, re reflexology. Um, so many people go to them just to relax in the hot spring, you know, uh, take in the minerals, but also to um, take part in the massages and other amenities they have there. Uh, one hot spring that, that I've been to on the other side of the mountains is, is the Joyful Journey uh, Mineral Hot Springs. Yeah, it's nice and um, as I looked around the lobby mm -hmm. and, the, and the pictures that they had, it certainly seemed that this springs, its heyday, was when the train stopped mm -hmm. right right in front of it. Mm -hmm. When the train, when the passenger service stopped, mm -hmm. then it started to, uh, to to backpedal a little bit. Yeah, that one closed down for a while too. Um, that's a really nice hot spring now. They actually have a hotel on the grounds. Yes, matter of fact, we we, we stayed at it. Yeah, and that that was wonderful. Mm -hmm. And now the picture that uh, you have in your book mm -hmm. um, shows shows the pool. Mm -hmm. And but what they now have. Is they have um, uh, sunscreens mm -hmm. uh, pulled over right. over over all the all, over all the pools. Right. They didn't have them that day. They 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 had those when I was there. They just didn't have them up that day. They didn't need them that day. I think I visited there in the winter. And that's one thing that's really cool about the hot springs is most of them are open year round. You don't have to wait for a sunny day like to go to the beach or go to the pool. The best time, in my opinion, to go to a hot spring is in the dead of winter because it can be freezing out it can be snowing out and you're in this beautiful hot pool of water just living it up watching the snow come down it's a lot of fun and most of them are open year-round well that's you know I, I guess i guess i wouldn't have thought about you know going in the dead of winter because i'm thinking gee do i have to take my heavy robe to be able to run from the pool back to the pool house? i would bring a pool i would pool i would bring a robe for sure um one thing that's great about going in the off season is you there's a fewer people there obviously yeah. so it's easier to get a reservation you have a lot of the you know you're going to have a lot of the pools to yourself most often um and you it's it's fun to sit outside in the winter in the snow in a nice big hot pool of water and yeah you're going to want a bathrobe for sure um but well, i think in my opinion that's the best time to go that's not the most popular time obviously you know it's memorial day to labor day that's that's when most people go. That's right. Um, but right, right now is a great time to go to the hot springs. I think I'm going to have to do that. Mm -hmm. So let's see. So you, you have, uh, you've worked your head off on, uh, on three, on three different books. Mm -hmm. So I think we've uh, we've beat up on the uh, on the hot springs book quite a bit. <laughs> and so you've got um, the, another one is called hiking waterfalls in Colorado, mm -hmm. and then climbing Colorado's mountains. Right. So these do seem like different uh, themes here mm -hmm. where with the the um, the waterfalls it doesn't seem like are you getting uh, are you climbing very high oh yeah to be able to get to these mm -hmm. for the waterfalls yeah oh yeah i did 
I hiked hundreds of miles. Um, there's some that are drive ups you could just drive up to, uh, but there's many that are very long hikes. Uh, I mean, there's some that are you're going to be hiking for ten miles. Um, okay, so let let's start as we did on 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 the waterfalls, mm-hmm. uh, on the um, uh, on the uh, on the hot springs. Mm-hmm. So how about for this general area, where where might be the closest uh, okay. waterfall that, that that's worth going after? Well, I would say St. Mary's Falls is really beautiful. That's a nice waterfall in, in Colorado Springs. Oh, right, right here in the Springs. Sure, there's actually several in in uh, Colorado Springs, and I can tell you real quick. Seven bet, Falls, of course. Seven Falls, yeah, <laughs> and and it's nice that that they finally got themselves back open. Right, and that just recently opened. And you know what the funny thing is? Right after I researched all these waterfalls, we had all that horrible flooding in Colorado. And Do you remember that? Uh, no, I, I wasn't here at the time. Okay, well, many of these waterfalls were, you couldn't visit them anymore because everything was washed out. The roads were washed out. That's when Seven Falls was closed because you remember South, uh, South Canyon up there totally closed down. The road was actually flooded into okay. South Cheyenne Canyon. And so Seven Falls closed down for a while, and now it's just recently reopened. But in that same general area in North Cheyenne Canyon, St. Mary's Falls is up there. Uh, Josephine Falls is up there. That's beautiful. And then Dorothy Falls, of course. Um, now the now the one right from the road, uh, Helen Hunt Falls. Helen Hunt Falls, right. And uh, I've got some pictures of that yeah. uh, in the spring. And you can drive right up to that. And I misspoke. Dorothy Falls is actually right over here at uh, Glen Erie. Okay. And that closed too during uh, the flooding. And So a lot of these closed down during the flooding, and that, now they're just starting to reopen, all of them. Right. Um, I've never been into Queens Canyon because, That's beautiful, yeah. be, because they've got that all closed off mm-hmm. with this huge mesh net, mm-hmm. figuring that if they get another near-term uh, heavy rain, mm-hmm. that 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 Queens Canyon is 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 going to flush itself out again. Right, and that's where Dorothy Falls is located. So I Dor- went down okay. there and I climbed above Dorothy Falls because there's uh, it's real interesting back there. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, a lot of these got flooded out uh, during the, those massive floodings, and I think it was 2013. Right now, uh, September. I, now and, then, I, and many of them are reopening though. Right. Guffey Falls is another one that's really cool, and that's not far from here. Right, um, but. You know, and so there's some beautiful waterfalls around Colorado. I think in my travels, I was, and I was kind of blown away visiting. I visited 150 waterfalls, <laughs> um, which was insane because I'd literally drive for three or four hours, hike to a waterfall, six, eight miles, get back to my car, drive another few miles, do another eight mile hike, drive to a campground or pull over the side of the road, camp for the night. And then get up the next morning and do it again. I'd go like three days straight every week. Was um, your publisher pushing you for a completion date? <laughs> well, yeah, I had one year to visit 150 waterfalls. Oh my gosh! So that was a lot of hiking, a lot of driving. So they said, "We'd like to have you write a book. Mm-hmm. Here's your deadline. Mm-hmm. Make it happen." That's just how it works. <laughs> <laughs> when you work for a publisher, that's how it works. When you know and. Yeah, but I visited 150 waterfalls. I did, you know, drove all by myself. I did all the planning, hiking, climbing, all by myself. Um, but you have to go right through the winter. So a lot of them I'd get to, they'd be frozen over, and I'd be on microspikes and ice axe trying to figure out where's the waterfall. It's under the snow here somewhere. Oh um, my make God. sure you don't slip off a cliff or something. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's uh, you know, and I love the, the waterfalls around Colorado Springs, but I was really blown away when I got, I would say, to the southwest amazing waterfalls down there in the Ure area, mm-hmm. Ure, uh, uh, Pagosa Springs area, and then also Rocky Mountain National Park. You've been up there. 
Oh, yes. I yep. have, there's 40 waterfalls in Rocky Mountain National Park in my book. And there's actually a few I didn't include because uh, they really uh, d- discourage having people uh, go off trail up there. And so some of, some of them uh, up there, you'd have to go off trail to visit. So mm-hmm. I left those out, but I still got 40 in the book. So let's see. Okay, I think I think this is an obvious question, but the um, but you'll you'll be, you'll best know of the of when the seasons change around here. So when's the best time to go to go see water? I hope that you heard something that refreshed a past travel memory or sparked the desire to learn more. After all, that's what travel is all about. For Bernie's journeys, seeing America first. This is your host, Bernie Iroshevsky, and thanks for listening.